Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am J.P. Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. It's Mother's Day week. Yeah, it is. Um, so we wanted to take a special week and say thank you to our mothers and how much we love our mothers. Um, and I was going to go, uh, we're going to alternating fashion, three things that we love about our mothers. Me, okay. me and Rob both have mothers. Yeah. All of y'all out there at some point have had a mother yeah. um, just to be on this earth, so odds are good. Uh, and I've always heard odds are good if your parents don't have children, neither will you. Oh, that's true. The math works. That's right. That's, um, that checks out. So first thing, my mom can cook. I know y'all out there mm. think your moms can cook, but my mom's dirt cake is amazing, and her ability to make a casserole out of anything and she could do her version of feeding the 5,000 on the regular basis <laughs> at our house with whatever you give her. It's unmeasurable. So my mom can cook. How about your mom, okay. Rob? Uh, my mom is very thoughtful. Okay. Like, my mom taught me to to consider all the all the sides of a statement. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? So mom sees uh, mom sees all all sides of the you know, all sides of the equation. So I love that about her. My mom can sing. Um, so she's, you give a hymn, you give a anything Southern gospel, she'll destroy it. So in the, in the best <laughs> in of ways, way. in the best of right, ways. Yeah. So uh, my mom can sing, Rob. I, you know what? I'm Same thing about my mom. Same mom, thing. mom, Vocalist in both, the both my parents, uh, my, my dad was like the player uh-huh. and my mom was the singer. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, she plays a little bit, but she's, she was the singer and, uh, always, um, you know, gave me a strong foundation of that growing up singing in church and all that kind of Where stuff. Where Rob yeah. got his vocal chops from, from sure, his mom. Yeah. Uh, my mom loves her family, friends, and people. My mom loves people. So Outstanding. There you go. Yeah, those of y'all that know Gail Mosier, she's got a good heart, loves people. Yeah. I'll go, my mom, now don't, th- I'm not giving you the spiritual juke here, but <laughs> one thing about my love about my mom is that she prays a lot. And she, uh, like, you know, she doesn't do that thing where you say, y'all yeah, pray about it and then you just, you uh-huh. know, not, right? But like, my mom actually, like, Praise about things, and yeah, I love that. That's so good. Much. Yeah, I don't want to steal yours because I've already done my three, but my mom does that every morning. Yeah, too. that's so great. Good, good call on that. Yeah. So, guys, we got a special treat for you guys on Mother's Day. Yo, this is completely different than anybody we've ever had on here. Yo, anything we've ever covered. We've got our first female interview hey now. for Mother's Day. It only took five seasons. That's right. Well, well, this is the first one we've asked. So, one shot, one kill. So, there we go. Um, so here we go. Thanks for saying yes to the person you're about to hear. That's right. Listen, if you may not be familiar with uh, Nicole Nordeman, but she's our guest today. If you're outside of the like the the Christian contemporary music, contemporary Christian music world, that, that's CCM is what they call it, yeah. and it stands for contemporary Christian music. Uh, that's that's been her sort of uh, space for her career. If you're outside that world, you may not be familiar with hers, although you may have heard some of her more crossover stuff like Slow Down, which sort of uh, you know took on a life of its own. But let me just tell you, she is one of the great songwriting voices I have ever heard. And, and by voices, I don't mean her literal voice, although it is fantastic and I love it. But I mean her her songwriting voice as, you know, as like you say, a, like a, like you say, a writer has a voice. Um, 
hers is one of the most incredible that I've ever come across. It has been profoundly impactful on my life. I know yours too. Um, she she just says things in such a way um, that just really resonate. And so uh, we are super duper psyched out of our minds. And we know a lot of y'all, this is a little, like we said, a little different genre than anything we've covered. This is a good opportunity for those of y'all to call up your mom, yeah. wish her a happy Mother's Day, and listen to this podcast that's episode right. with her. With, moms will love this. This is it. right up mom's alleys. That's right. So, And if you if you don't know Nicole's stuff, you will love it by the time. We're going to play some as we're talking to her, uh, and you will, you will love it by the time this interview is over. She's just uh, so gracious in, in speaking to us and talking about and being open about her, her career and her process. Songwriters, you'll love it too. She talks a lot about that. So you songwriters out there um, that listen to us, um, this will be something that will hit home with you guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, without further ado, we've got got a fairly lengthy interview with Nicole. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in and uh, introduce Nicole Nordeman. Do you wish, do you want us to breathe again? Say goodbye to the lines that we've colored in. Brown and gray. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with the one and only Nicole Nordeman, who's been kind enough to join us today. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. I am so thrilled to be joining you guys. Thank you for having me. How fun. Oh, man, you have no idea what a big deal for us this is. Uh, we, you know, we, we always try to warn our guests that, uh, that we, like, we don't just interview people for kicks. We interview people that we love. Yeah, we pick so, our, the people that we like. Yeah, it's, it's our show, so we get to reach out to the folks that we so like. I am so honored. I'm honored to be on the list. Thank you. You are our first female interview. That's right. So thanks Woo-hoo! for hanging out with a couple, love that. couple of us. Normally we get we get batted down by by females pretty quickly. So, uh, not a lot of that happening on the show to this point. Mostly just a bunch of dudes. Um, but well, I'm happy to represent. Outstanding. Well, so we have kind of a crossover audience. Um, you know, JP and I both you know make no secret about the fact that we grew up in Christian homes and sort of Christian culture. Um, but mm-hmm. a lot of our audience is not that. Um, you know, we have sort of a mixed bag of listeners. So I, I would love for you just to sort of tell. Um, tell us how, what your career has looked like, you know, kind of how you got started and going, because you primarily have been in the Christian music CCM uh, right. you know, space. So I would love for you to just talk a little bit about how that got going and what that has been like as a career uh, in, in kind of that space. Oh, it's been a ride for sure. Um, like you guys, I, I grew up in the church and um, grew up singing about my faith. That was just a natural extension of of my relationship with Jesus was to write about it. And so I've been doing that for as long as I can remember, even when I was writing really, really terribly um, laborious, long songs. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I think back to so many moments in church when some brave pastor or worship leader had the the grace to give me a microphone <laughs> and to let me sort of try my craft as it was very much taking shape. But so yeah, I, I just I grew up singing in church and in every choir imaginable and um, in every production imaginable. My mom's a very gifted pianist and vocalist, still is. So that was just kind of the second language spoken in our home was music, always, always, always. 
how uh, how um, early did you start writing? I think I I think I started writing. I mean, like you know, I wrote little kid songs and sure. stuff, like everyone does. But I think I started to feel like I might be good at this um, in high school. Okay. And then, and then in college even more, but I never wanted to do it for a career. I never, I, I'm also a very, um, my personality isn't like that, that stereotypical, uh, creative person Mm -hmm. who's, you know, dreaming and just kind of always walking around with a, a pencil and a piece of paper, just jotting down ideas and trying out stuff. Like I just, I didn't ever identify with that kind of personality. I'm just a more linear, like I appreciate a 401k. Like that's my personality. (laughs) (laughs) I like stability. I like predictability. Um, and, and the world of an artist to me always just felt like too unstable. So I, I kept walking past all these doors that were opening for me, uh, in music thinking, I don't want to do music. I want to do something that's more responsible. Wow. <laughs> um, and eventually it's funny when, when younger artists ask me, like, how did you finally get your break or what steps did you take? And honestly, like my whole story is like, I just got tired. I just got so exhausted from walking past all these doors that were opening. And I just finally said, okay, God, if this is it, if this is really what I'm supposed to do, make it abundantly clear. Hmm. And it was abundantly clear for a long time. So that was sort of my, my, start in Christian music. Well, I'm a lot more like you. I'm a, I'm a little more, uh, less of a risk taker. I know in your blog, in the no longer section, you talked about how you're not really a big risk taker. I'm a lot more right. like you. Rob's a little more adventurous of the two of us. And he would See, definitely, I, right. I would say I'm not. I, I, totally, I would say, just to know, maybe all three of us are pretty conservative. I, I think you're, I've been at the same job for 17 years. Like I'm that guy. Like I, I don't, I don't. That is the, that's stable. But you're, are you, are you an Enneagram nine? Did we yes, research that correctly? I am. Okay. I am too. We don't, we don't know what JP is yet. We, he, we don't know what I am. JP doesn't do technology or, or, uh, Enneagrams or any of that. So. Uh, oh yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really know what I am. I was looking up. I was like, I wonder who is like. Who are who are Enneagram nines so that I know like what you are? And I, I wrote down some people here that are nines, and I was like, okay, this uh-huh. makes sense. If you add all these people up and combine them, it's kind of Nicole Nordman. <laughs> Mr. Rogers meets <laughs> Zoe Deschanel and James Taylor and Audrey Hepburn. So if you combine oh, those four people, you kind of get Nicole Nordman, it's right? True. It's interesting. So it's like the, the... I, lo- I didn't even know that about Mr. Rogers. That makes me feel very happy. <laughs> Good. I'm a huge Mr. Rogers fan. So there, yeah, as you, you should be. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. for, the, for the listeners, I, you know, I know we have some listeners who are into Enneagram stuff. I'm not like neck deep in it, but I know enough to get right. in trouble. But like the nine is sort of like the diplomat. Um, you know, the yes. uh, we see both sides of every argument, and we yes. and we, we want we everyone to for f- peace at all times. Exactly, we want everybody to yeah. feel heard and seen, and and we yeah. feel all the emotions like very empathetic. You know that kind of mm-hmm. thing. That's we, why she came on here with us. She's like, oh, "I want to give these guys a chance. Yeah, exactly. I get it now. That I, makes yeah. sense." They asked me to come on. I don't want them to feel bad. I should really go on. <laughs> I don't that's, want to hurt their feelings. That's what the we nine says. Yeah, that, yes. I, the, I yes. need these people to like me. Um, yeah. But as yep. so, as an artist, as you're writing, how does that play in? You know, I, I've um, I, I wrote this. I wrote this song one time, f- sort of from the perspective of King David writing Psalms, uh, and hmm. I, and I had this thought about. You know, it, was it was it hard to write something honest with God over your shoulder all the time? You know, and, mm. and knowing that 
you know, did you know that these songs were going to be, you know, did you know that every time somebody read Psalm 51, were you going to feel embarrassed? And did that change the way that you perceived it, change the way that you wrote about it? Um, it, it, How does that, does that work for you? You know, is it, is it hard to make declarative statements as a writer when you sort of feel the empathy that an Enneagram 9 feels? Um, I don't know if it's hard. I, I I don't know that I've ever felt like I know any other way to do it. Um, I don't, because I'm also an empath, I, I identify, like, I just take all of your giant big feelings and they have suddenly become my own. And so that allows me in my relationships and in my writing to access some pretty deep places, I think, within me. And if I'm telling someone else's story as well. Yeah. Um, just because that is one of the hallmarks of being an Enneagram nine is, and, and it can serve you really well. And it can also be really, uh, hindering is that you, you don't know, always know your own center because you're so, um, you become so immersed in whoever it is you're with. Yeah. So it allows for me to be, um, not a chameleon, but just to really adapt to, new situations to new relationships. Like I, Enneagram 9 is just like to slide right in and be, you know, just kind of a, a piece of everybody. Mm. And the, the challenging part of that is you don't really always know who you are. Right. Because so. you're, you've taken on everybody else's stuff. So, so musically, um, I think it's really helped me because I'm able to look at all sides of the thing and write about all sides of the thing and feel all sides of the thing. Um, and sometimes creatively that that can start to sound a little scattered in terms of actual songwriting, but in terms of uh, creativity and artistry and the way I look at a song or an idea, it feels pretty well-rounded to me. Gotcha. So Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I, this is like the most basic question, you know, that you ask songwriters, but, but I ask it because I really want to know from you, what does a, a, a songwriting process look like for you as far as mm-hmm. your from conception to, to finish walk us through that for you. So for me, um, and this is, has always been the case when I, when I was just beginning and you know, the last, the last song I wrote, same process. And it always is, I, I would say about 80% of the song is written. And the idea for the song is mapped out in my head first, before I ever sit down at a piano or, or write a single lyric. It's, it's what do I want to say? And I will, I will chew on that for, you know, a week as little, little bits of the lyrics sort of jump out of me, a line here, uh, but, but I'm still not really writing the song. I'm just, I'm just roadmapping it in my head. I really want it to say this. I think the chorus could maybe be about this. How could I get to the chorus? Okay. The verse could go here. Like it's a huge map in my head that, so that by the time I sit down, with an instrument or with my pen, I know exactly where I'm going. I already know how it's going to end. I already know, you know, I know the big pieces. And then I just, the rest of it is, <laughs> is uh, not glamorous or sexy at all. It's, it's a thesaurus. It's me and the yeah. thesaurus trying to find the best possible words that I can find to say what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know what? And that's all, actually, that's one of the things that I've always loved about your stuff is that you use great words. You use words like Thank you. Uh, cavalier and, you know what I mean? Like, just really good. Uh, like, yes, I totally understand that. I love that. Thank you. Um, that's one of the, the biggest things I teach when I teach songwriting coaching to groups or even individually is um, 
there's always a bit, you can always find a more interesting word. So don't be chasing rhymes constantly. But like, if you're, if you want to say something simple, then just take, I call them word banks, just take the word that you're looking for and then go write 50 words that are associated with it. You'll Mm. find a much cooler more interesting, compelling way to say it. Yeah, that's a great way to sort of build a, a palette of of, uh, yeah. of words. I think was it. I think it's Mark Twain. It gets attributed to Mark Twain. That he said the difference between the right word and almost the right word is the difference between lightning and lightning bug. And that. Has, oh, that's great! I've not heard that quote. I love that. That's one of my absolute favorite thing quotes on songwriting. Oh my gosh! Ever, or on writing. Ever. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Do you when you when you're writing, um, and I and this may have changed over time. Um, do you write for yourself alone, or do you write with a band in mind, like with production in mind, knowing that you know when I go in to record this, a full band is going to be with me? Do you write with that in mind, or do you mm-hmm. just write you and a piano? I don't. That's one of the gifts that I just don't have, and I really admire it in other people. Is I don't hear production at all. I've been so lucky and blessed to to work with amazing producers, many different ones and all different sorts of um, genres and styles. But I always just hear it as a piano vocal because okay. <laughs> that's all I can do. Um, and then, and, and for that reason, almost everything starts as a ballad. It's ridiculous. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know, because it's hard to hear, it's hard to hear tempo if you're not hearing production. I'll, I'm only hearing just the melody and and the piano part, that's really it. So then to take it to somebody and then suddenly go, oh my gosh, this is an up-tempo song. This song is, you know, has so much energy. I didn't know that when I wrote it because it sounded like a ballad when it came out. So I'm just happy to put those songs in other people's much more capable hands. Okay. All right. Well, so, okay, I have a, I, I'm going to talk a, a little bit about, um, because it's such a landmark album for me, and I think even in in like Christian music, the Wide Eyed album, your first your first album that that dropped mm. in nineteen ninety eight. Okay, ninety eight. Okay, I had it. I had it earlier mm-hmm. in my brain. Okay, huge like impact uh, for me personally. Just like the, uh, I feel like you write with a level of, uh, and I think this is still true in in CCM sometimes, a level of thoughtfulness that isn't always present. Uh, you know what I mean? Just the mm. things that you consider and, and even the questions that you ask, even in that first album, and you've always been a question asker, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, and a, and a, and a person of consideration in your writing. But, but for me, that was really something other, that first album that came out. Um, and so, uh, going, in, just talking, transitioning a little bit into talking about that album specifically, um, mm-hmm. those songs, uh, kind of where did they they come from, and how did that album get um, how did that album get made from your piano mm-hmm. to you know to to becoming what it was? I'd love to just know sort of the process of of that album. I think that whole album was just like a page ripped right out of my diary from that season in my life spiritually because i was I was making this leap from um, church girl, Christian school kid um very, um, and I, I just, I, I always want to be so careful when I talk about this because I have such incredible gratitude for all the pastors and teachers and my parents and the, the faith of my youth, um, was just created such an incredible foundation, but one that did not sustain all of the, the question marks for me. And so when I moved from Colorado to LA, trying to just figure out what I was going to do, 
with my life and with music. I had a, a degree in psychology that I didn't know what to do with. So it was just that, it was that, what am I doing? What am I doing phase in my life? And, and it was so eye opening for me just to not be in that safe little bubble anymore. I got a job at a, a pretty progressive um, Methodist church that was pastored by two women who were wonderful and absolutely um, so gracious as I was sort of breaking out of my shell a little bit and, you know, trying to, trying to minister there in music, but not really having language for faith that wasn't something super conservative. And mm. all of that, all of that got wrapped up in these songs that came out of Wide Eye. That's where I was when I wrote all those songs. Um, asking myself some hard questions, asking God some hard questions, looking at the world around me, you know, with very, very new and different eyes than I had ever looked through before. Um, I think all of that spilled into those songs. There, it's it's just a really, like I said, a landmark album uh, for me personally. The production, uh, who, who produced that album? Mark Hammond. Okay. Uh, Mark Hammond was, at the time, um, responsible for... Cindy Morgan, um, he, I can't think off the top of my head. He, he was, you know how Nashville kind of goes through these, or CCM, I should say, goes through these, this is the it producer sure. moment. And then kind of that producer just does a lot of work. Um, he was, his sound and his production at the time was really, really well received and had, had uh, helped a lot of artists have some incredible success. And I just didn't know, I didn't know anything about production. I'm just so glad that that's who my label put me with because he, he just would not do, um, he wouldn't settle for all of the uh, obvious choices production wise. I think he held this record really carefully and treated it really differently. And I didn't even know any better. I was just thrilled to be there and making music and looking back on it, listening back on it. I'm like, wow, that was really a different sound. He didn't have to do that. He could have just cranked out what was, you know, popular at radio, and he right. didn't. Yeah, it's, it kind of stands as its own thing, it, and it has some tendencies that were uncommon then for uh-huh. CCM and are, are definitely uncommon now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just, I've always loved the production. Every, every little sound on that record is, is just incredible. I love it. Uh, I did wow, want to ask. I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask because some of those songs and, and I, I think especially on that album, but you've always had a, you've always had a, a propensity for sort of, um, you know, being tender, you you know, the songs that, that have at least these very tender moments. And just as a, as a matter of practicality, I wonder, uh, especially on the wide eyed album, there are some moments that are vocally very, very exposed and very, very mm. tender. And I just wonder how you achieve that in like in the studio, practically speaking without hearing, you know, like I think about mm-hmm. if you listen on, um, there's the famous famous thing of a Christina Aguilera's song, um, um, beautiful, beautiful, yeah, where you can hear at the oh, end yeah. she's she's got a really exposed vocal, but you can hear the click track just banging away in the background. Um, oh and yeah, I just always wonder about stuff like that because yours, I don't hear any of that. It's very very clean and very very clear and crisp, but it's so exposed mm-hmm. and tender. How did you how did you pull that off? I think I again I just have to tip my hat to Mark um, Hammond because that I was so. Um, green and inexperienced in doing vocals at all. You know, this is just like me with a notebook and a keyboard writing songs. And now suddenly in the studio where I've never been before. And he just had, his way of production is so surgical. Like he, he will spend, um, 
an hour on just getting the right syllable of the right word. Mm. So it made for some pretty long sessions and some frustrating sessions at times because his ear is just such a perfectionist. But at the same time, he's so deeply committed to communicating the emotion of a song. So I think that's why you got to hear both the exposed feeling of it, but the crisp production of it. Um, And that was before Pro Tools. Like we were still still in the analog age. Yeah. So there's no such thing as fixing a note with a, with a mouth pad. Right. It's like you had to sing it right or, or it didn't get sung. So anyway, yeah, just absolutely. I'm so grateful to have my creative babies in his hands. Are you aware of like the Mandela effect where you think something mm-hmm. is one way and then you find out, oh, it wasn't that way the whole time? Right. Okay. So I, I have a question about that song that I've always wondered if it's a Mandela effect. But I, <laughs> in my brain, there was a, a version that, that was for radio that had a different melody on the end of the first verse that was more like the second verse where I think on the studio version it says um, – the common ground I've shared with him. In my brain, there was a radio version that said, the common ground I've shared with him. Going into that first chorus. Am I crazy or is that real? Um, so I know that the second melody you just sang, I think that's the going into the second chorus. Right. For sure. Yeah. Was uh, there a radio edit that had a different, it, that's the only thing to, in my memory that is different, but it could just that be something I had possible. in a dream one night. I don't know. You know, when, when we were releasing singles back in the day, we would release five or six radio edits um, just based on length of song, uh, you know, shorter intro, shorter outro, all, what, just to give radio stations options. Sure. I don't remember if we released one that um, that had that alternate melody or not, but it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. I realize I haven't solved any of that for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm You've just left have him to... in confusion. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll keep digging. Question mark remains. This mystery continues. <laughs> well, All right. uh, oh, this mystery continues. That, I did that, I got, that was a good that pun. Was that was a good you. pun there. Nice. Well, that was very smooth. My, uh, well, my favorite album is actually Woven and Spun. So oh, that's that's so my fa- that's my favorite. So I'll, I'll ask a uh, question or two about that and I'll tie in. I love sure. the way in I Am that you put, I love it when artists put the, uh, the album title in the name of another song. Song. Like woven and spun is buried in I am. Oh, it's part of a lyric. It's part mm-hmm. of a lyric, which I think is mm-hmm. is, is brilliant. When life had begun. I was woven and spun. You let the angels dance around the throne. And who can say when? But they'll dance again. When I The other thing I really like about that out, I love your cover of In Your Eyes. I'm a big, we're big Peter Gabriel fans.
that's a great cover, which ties me into some Thank cover you. question, uh, kind of a, a cover yeah. section here. So you covered that, which was amazing. Covered time after time. Uh, covered uh-huh. some Stevie stuff um, in the in the past, uh-huh. some Stevie Wonder stuff. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. It, it's all it's obvious that you're a Stevie Wonder fan. Who's an artist that might surprise people that you just that you really love? Like who's somebody that you love that would be like that's a shock. Like to put it in perspective, we found out that Mariah uh, Carey is inspired by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like she was in her three, uh, right. her three were uh, Stevie Wonder, um, Billie Holiday, and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And we were like, "What is Stevie Ray Vaughan doing in the Mariah Carey <laughs> list?" Like, that, who's somebody that might shock us with you that is an inspiration? I don't know if anything would shock you. I, it might surprise people that um, that I just love all genres of music. Like I really, I love hip hop music. I okay. love country music. I, to me, it's like if it's excellent in its genre, then it's then it's great music. Um, I you know, there's probably some exceptions. I'm really like into death metal or whatever, but <laughs> like you know, to me, I just like I like excellent stuff. So if if you're if you're great at your craft and whatever genre it is, I'm probably listening to it. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, yeah. Who would be? Who would you like to be paired with on a tour? Who would be your ideal musical touring partner on a just a double build, you know, double headliner tour? Ticketmaster presents Nicole Norderman and who? Indig- the Indigo Girls. I knew you were going to say Indigo Girls. <laughs> I just felt it. I knew that was coming. Yeah, they are and have been forever. Just my absolute musical heroes. I only own one autograph that I've ever gotten from anybody and it's them. Oh, wow. And well, I just feel like... We'll send you like, an autograph picture of us yeah, if you want you it. you can have two then. We'll oh, you. then I'll have two. Sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, just the songwriting is ch- and, and melodically and lyrics, all of it. It's just unparalleled. Unparalleled writing and that would be my dream. My dream tour, my dream co-write, my dream everything is to do anything creatively with them. Do you think that's ever going to happen, the dream co-write? I don't know. I, I've never even pursued it because to me, they're just like, to me, it's like golfing with Tiger Woods. Like who, who does and who gets to write with that? I mean, I, I maybe should try to see if we have some mutual friends and, and see if that could happen. Although I don't think, I think I would just sit there and feel stupid the whole time. Right. I don't think I would contribute anything. Well, let us, let us serve as inspiration. Yes. Because if we can get you on our podcast. Absolutely. We took the, we took the big shot and we got it. So go do it. I mean, literally we're not, not just saying that like we're literal nobodies and we've talked to a handful of some of our favorite artists of all time just uh, by asking, you know what I mean? You so okay, like, and, that's good. and you're already not a nobody. So that you I got a leg like up on us. You, up, you know what I'm saying? You have a blue check mark by your by your uh, your hands. Right. So, so let us encourage you. Go for that. Do okay, that dream card. Right. Everybody needs to hear that, that result. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes out huge next that. month, just remember us. That's remember right. us, little people that that inspired. Them. That's right. How was it to? What was it like to have Prince cover one of your songs? He covered "What If." What if you're
So what is that like? You know, um, surreal. Just <laughs> totally surreal. I had heard rumors that he, um, years ago, I had heard rumors that he uh, loved that song. And I actually spoke with his manager at one point, again, years and years before he actually c- covered it. And I got this call from my manager who said, hey, I, I think this is real, but I've got a lady here who's managing Prince and... <laughs> wants to talk to you about um, potentially just changing a word or two if he's going to sing. And it was just, so, it was wow. most bizarre call. I, th- I thought, this isn't real. So I had this long talk with his manager and she couldn't have been nicer. And she just said, how would you feel if Prince just tweets, you know, blah, 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 right here and right there. And, I, and the whole time I'm just thinking, is this a prank? Right, <laughs> like, right. how, would I, how do I feel if Prince tweaks a part of myself. What? <laughs> You're like, okay, you have and the president's so on the phone. Okay. Right. So I just kind of like, sure, of course, of course, give him my best, whatever. And hung up and rolled my eyes like, I just got played so hard. And, and then, you know, years later to find out that he, um, he did record, he covered it and, and I guess would warm up his band with it. Um, almost every night. Like that was their warm up. Wow, that's crazy. Right? That's nuts. I know it was so beautiful to me. Like anyone who has any appreciation for music knows just what an absolute genius he is and was. And, um, it's just, it was otherworldly. And it also was just deeply encouraging to me from a faith perspective, because I spend my, I spend a lot of time in concerts and, and in conversations, just asking people, to give each other some space, give each other some room to grow, give each other like grace to ask big, hard questions and not, uh, not have as many answers all the time. Like we need and like to have as Christians. And so for him to cover that song in particular, which is just a big question song, you know, what if, what if it's this, what if it's that, what if he is who he said he was, what if it's more, what if, what if I'm open to it, you know, for Prince to be asking those questions was just, really special to me spiritually speaking yeah it's 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 crazy I, that's mind blowing that's just <laughs> it was mind blowing it still that's is yeah fantastic. okay well there's a question that we ask everybody every single person okay. we, we interview if you're on tour and you go into a gas station what is your gas station <laughs> snack food of choice i'll tell you what mine is i get a three musketeers bar like that's mine okay. when i was growing up my mom would say you could have you know any candy bar you want and that's the most ounces for the same amount of money so i would that's the, that's how i live cause i'm practical like so i'm like okay this has the most ounces it's the more bang for your buck I, and i learned to love the three musketeers bar because of that. i love it so what do you get it. when you go into a gas station on tour what's your snack food of choice so am i being am i am i being healthy on tour or oh, am it's I your just, world. you're just being you're, you're just, just being, being nicole nicole yeah you're i'm you're just going, being me yeah you're, you're getting off the self. bus or you're getting out of the car I, or off the bike, whatever it is. And you're- whatever it is, yeah. Um, I probably, this is weird, but I think I'm just a low-carb person. Like, I I <laughs> eat a lot of beef jerky, so I usually would probably go for some beef jerky. You just probably, just Rob's probably a diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, that would be my gas station choice, I think. I don't do a lot of sugar, so I don't, just because I don't really need it or like it that much so i wouldn't really be a candy person probably be a or like string cheese maybe outstanding okay. 
Beef jerky. I love it. That's the first. Yeah. Uh, th- I think that's the first non-candy answer we've ever. No, I, uh, no I we had. Somebody <laughs> said they got chips. That's Chip, true. Yeah, yeah, chips. Usually, Chip, it's, a, usually yeah. it's a candy answer. We've interviewed time. some people from like England and from uh, Europe, true, yeah. and they've been like, a walnut whip. And yes, I was like, walnut. I don't know what that is, but that sounds wonderful. So <laughs> uh, it's nice to have some just good uh, good American answer there. Yeah. Uh, I went to um, Italy last year with my with a good friend of mine, and we were just shocked. We would pull into these gas stations that look just like you know the ones we have here, but you go inside and there's just people sitting at these beautiful long counters drinking espresso out of their dainty little ceramic cups, <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? It's so awesome. That's really interesting. Um, I uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about your last album, your Christmas album that came out last year, uh, which yeah. of course is phenomenal and is beautiful. Um, Thank you. But you, you, you crowdfunded it, uh, on Kickstarter, which I, uh, yep. you know, it's kind of, a, I've seen several artists do that now. And I've always wanted to ask what is, what's sort of the impetus for that. And what's, what's the, what, how does that go? Like, did you enjoy it? Would you try that again? Um, you know, just tell us a little I bit about a great that. experience. I was, I was very nervous going in because I had, you know, I've been on a label for 20 years, the yeah. same one. So that contract had just ended. We parted ways with nothing but love and joy and gratitude in our hearts. And it was just, just time to move on. And um, so that was my first foray into anything independent. And I have uh, just a really great friend slash manager who you've spoken with, Laura Cook, who had done this before. And so she's like, I've got this. I know the ropes. Here's, my, here's how it's going to go. And she just project, project managed the whole thing. I was terrified because, you know, people are giving you their money. Right. And Up front. You're, and you're in charge of the project. There's no NR guy. There's no oversight. There's no, so you're, it just felt very overwhelming. Like these people are actually trusting me to make a Christmas record. And now I actually have to do it. Um, but it was so fun. It was so fun to interact with people who were so supportive and people who had been fans and followers for a long time. And, got to got to contribute their own piece and part of it. And I, I loved the feeling of that. Like we are all making this together. It's how it felt. Um, the record making process was one of my all time favorites working with Michael Conger, um, producing was, he's been a friend for a long time, but I've just admired his work forever. And so to have his fingerprints on these Christmas songs was just an absolute dream come true for me. It was a really, it's a really unique vibe for the whole album mm-hmm. uh, and I love mm-hmm. the way I don't know if this is intentional or not but something tells me it probably was that the album has a lot of ebb and flow of here's a presentation of a, of a classic Christmas song or hymn that everybody knows and then here mm-hmm. is sort of a 2019 2020 um, mm-hmm. you know spin on the same thing was that intentional it was just because I uh, I feel like there's so much Christmas music out there that's just kind of a little bit different of a version than the one before it. Yeah. And you know, how many, how many different ways can you really sing silent night kind of thing? I just thought, I don't want to make a Christmas record that sounds sentimental. Yeah. And I have a lot of those kind of records and I play those records all the time at Christmas Bing Crosby. And, you know, of course, Mariah Carey and uh, all the, all the classics, but, I just didn't want to make one more Christmas record, which is why I wanted to work with Michael because I don't think he's capable of doing anything (laughs) that has been done before. Yeah, sure. So just getting him to hear things so differently and just, he is an absolute study in letting the song go where it wants to go instead of trying to cram it into your own um, idea of where it should go. He just would follow 
follow the vibe, follow this line on a guitar, follow this instinct. You just let's just see where it goes. It was his whole vibe, and it was such a fun way to make a record. Now, as a follow up with that record, was that the one that you had the your fans design your album cover as well? Yeah, that that one. Yeah. Really? What kind of uh, did you get some good response on that? Was there a lot of people that submitted? We did. We got some great responses. It, just in keeping with the whole hey, idea. we're making we're making this together. I just had this little fan art contest. If you're a graphic designer, if you're an actual painter, whatever, um, send us your work and send us JPEGs of your cover design. And so we, we got a lot of responses, and then we said, here are the parameters, here are the colors that I want, here's the name of the record, um, and you know, here's a couple sort of inspirational pieces that might help you just get an idea for the direction. And we got the best responses, but I'm absolutely crazy about the, the one that we chose. That's fantastic. Yeah, I That's, think you chose wisely. Yeah, it I didn't, fits the vibe of the album. It does. It, yeah, it, it definitely fits. What's, Thank you. What's behind the idea to include the Sting song "Fragile" in that opening song and and literally make it the title track uh, title, uh, you know, for the album? What was the what was the idea behind that? Well, when I um, when I was talking about the record I wanted to make, I started to notice that every time I was describing it to someone. I would say I just want it to feel really tender and really small mm. and just really, I kept saying the word fragile every time I would have this conversation. Like the fragility of the manger to me was the, the, the center focus. Um, and so as I began talking about it and talking about it, I said, I, said, I, need, I need to write a song called Fragile. I clearly <laughs> need to write a song called Fragile. And then I was like, Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Someone else already did that really well. Um, and I've always, I've always enjoyed covering a song on, on almost every one of my albums. I think so. It was just like, ah, oh, that's 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 the one I'm going to cover, and I and it just happened to work really well with what child is this. That's great. Um, well, I'm gonna since. We talked about a lot of this, our style as we can just name things that we like about artists yeah. kind of in rapid fire. So I'm just going to hit – I can't ask you about every one of these songs. So I'm just going <laughs> to bullet point some things that I really like over your career and one little thing that I like about each one. Obviously, Why is probably the greatest Easter song ever written oh, in the history uh, of, of Easter writings. Thank you. And it said, Father, why are they screaming? Why? I'm of them beaming Why are they casting their lots for my robe? This crown of thorns hurts me more than it shows Father, please, can't you do something? I know that you must hear my cry I thought I could handle that's one of those songs that they're like there's a handful of songs that are they're so good that they're hard to listen to yeah, and that is one of those for me that like yeah. I have to be in the absolute right spot to even be able to handle that song. Uh-huh. Just oh incredible. my gosh, thank you so much. The last chord gets me every time. Oh, where uh, it goes uh, major. Oh my like goodness, a, that 
that tricks me every single time. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. Legacy is uh, yeah. lyrically strong from top to bottom, but my favorite mm-hmm. lyric you've ever written is on Every Mile Mattered, the mercy always finds a way to wrap your blisters up in grace. That mm. one gets me every time, hits me in the gut. <laughs> um, and I'm with you. How was it recording with Amy Grant? And I heard y'all were both in studio together. Is that true? Y'all were like in the studio at the same we time? We were. We were. And, you know, that is uh, that just I'll never forget that day because Amy's mom had has literally passed away the night before. Oh, wow. And nobody expected her to come into the studio and do this. We were on a pretty crazy um, time crunch for the, all the songs on that particular project. And so, of course, in, in typical fashion, like this was the one day that we were going to both be in Nashville and get to sing the song together. And then, of course, when we learned about her mom, it was just there was no way anybody would have ever expected her to honor that time commitment at the studio. But sure enough, in typical Amy Grant fashion, she showed up and, you know, with her red eyes and, and probably hadn't even slept and had probably not stopped crying and just, just dug deep. And how she even sang that particular lyric with that kind of pain being so raw, I will never know. But, um, uh, yeah, it was a very, very emotional day and one that I will never forget. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to that. When we get done, knowing that and being able to listen yeah. to it with that story is going to add a whole other layer to it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it does. My, I don't know. Now JP's got me thinking. Now I want to dig through and find my favorite lyric of yours. And I don't know what that is, and I'm not going to try and do it in real time. But uh, I'll send you an email. Um, but uh, okay. But I will say that my my favorite my new favorite song uh from your from your most more recent stuff from every mile mattered is dear me I, I literally almost wrecked my car the first time I heard that song. I was, oh my gosh. I was crying so hard. I'm in full blown, could not see, could, literally almost had to pull over uh, because oh, it just, I mean, that's, that song wowed me in the, it, it, it didn't just wow me. Mm. It, it kicked me in the gut. You know what I'm saying? It's, it was, mm. I mean, I'm sure you do. Cause it probably kicked you in the gut as you wrote it. Um, mm-hmm. but just, would you walk us through that song a little bit? And the, I think if I'm going to, I'm just going to pick out a line from that song that, and I'll say, this is my favorite lyric. I don't know if it is, yeah. but, but the one, the one from that song that just p- pulled me into full blown sob mode is, and I don't even know why it's this lyric in particular, but, uh, mm. but dance, dance to the music. If you can't sing its native tongue, just mm. slayed me to the floor. Um, oh, but just, d- can you talk about that song a little bit from the, you Absolutely. Know, I mean, that song is really just the story of my faith from 
from that little girl I was telling you about earlier, growing up, keeping all the church rules and thinking that God was a certain size and fit in a certain space. And, and you know, all the way through the unlearning process, the unmaking process of some of that, um, and then the reconstruction process of what really matters on the other side of, you know, a spiritual um, journey. And I'm not saying I'm on the other side, you know, as if I like crossed no, a finish line. It's just, it's no, more just you, like you definitely have all the answers now, for sure. <laughs> but it is, it's absolutely uh, a memoir. Is that song of, of where I was and now where I am, and just. Um, how humbling it is when you look back on certain ideas that you had about your faith, certain ways you treated people. I think I had to do a lot of confession in that song, just saying, I, I, I'm sorry. I said those things. I'm so sorry. I felt, I believed them to be true at the time. I can't believe I probably treated some people really judgmentally and critically. And I didn't, you know, it's just a confession. Um, and then, of course, uh, as it comes to a close, just the things that I that I know to be true about my faith now and how that looks a lot different than it used to. Man, well, that one—that's another one that I, if I'm if I know uh, if I got somewhere to be, like where somebody's about to be taking my pictures or whatever, I just have to I just have to skip that one and come back to it later. When I, and <laughs> and uh, even this this morning, just in, in putting myself in mindset for the interview and and all those things, I I listened again to uh, slow down. Oh my goodness! And uh, so just those they need to read your story on your blog about the Parker and the wet cement. That's like a Goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm not going to – you guys go on her website and read it if you want another snot fest. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, that's a good one. That's, yeah. another, that's, an, that's another cry fest for you. Slow down. Won't you stay here a minute more? I know you want to walk through the door, but it's all too fast. Let's make it last a little while. I pointed to the sky And now you want to fly I am your biggest fan I hope you know I am But do you think you can somehow Slow down I straight up ugly cried in my office listening to that song this morning. Just oh, I man. just let it all go. There was nobody else here, and I'm the only one, and I'm just sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that song snuck up on me. I didn't really have any intention of writing it. And, and um, yeah, I, I was supposed to sing something for my son's fifth grade graduation, and and I, I made the mistake of, of sitting down at the piano and getting out you know, photo albums and oh. thinking through all of his little baby memories. And, and I was having the same sobbing experience that you just described, right? <laughs> um, writing it. So, well, yeah. we are going to be releasing this on mother's day. So this might be a good time to tie in. Tell us about kind of what's going on with, with Charlie and Pepper and what's going on in your life and everything. Uh, yeah. any, any words for the mothers out there or anything that's going on in your oh, life? Oh man. You know, um, we're doing, we're just doing great. My kids are the light of my life. Um, we are not a perfect family by any means. I'm a single mom. Um, but we're just in a great season right now. You know, I, I just, I see young moms with little, little kiddos and I just want to take their face in my hands and say, you're going to get through this. (laughs) You're going to get through this season. You're going to sleep again. You're going to shower again. It just feels so overwhelming when they're, when they're tiny. Um, the physical toll 
Yeah. And then, some, and then one day you wake up and you have these kids who are funny and smart and engaging and have wonderful ideas about the world and have their own talents that you had nothing to do with and their own opinions. And, you know, there's, of course, you trade a little bit of, um, you trade a little bit of physical exhaustion for a more emotional tired sometimes sure. yeah. based on what we're walking through. But I don't know. I just, I wake up right now and I just think I love, I love this season of parenting. This particular season is really fulfilling because they're my favorite people. And we love being around each other. Well, thanks for bringing um, that word. That's something that me and Rob could never say as right. we aren't mothers. Yeah. And we do have a lot of mothers that listen to <laughs> us. So thank you for delivering that in a nice way on this, on this Mother's Day episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, absolutely. I, um, we both love our mother. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to our moms. Hi, moms, mom. you're we the love best. You, mom. <laughs> this is for you. Yeah. Um, what, so what's, what's on the horizon for you right now? Is there, or, or, or are you searching for what's on the horizon? Well, I'm in an interesting season right now. I I just signed on, um, gosh, I don't know that it's been a month, Uh, just signed on to be the worship arts pastor at a Methodist church here in Tulsa, where I live. Oh, wow. And it's been so wonderful. I feel so full circle to have started started in church ministry, really. It's what I did for years and years, leading worship. Um, before I was an artist, and then to to kind of be coming back to that now feels really wonderful to be leading worship again and writing worship songs again and dreaming about what does this next season for me look like. Um, I'm still very much committed to making music, to recording music. Um, none of that's going away, but it's just kind of being supplemented with this with the stability of getting to be in church again, which, you know, if you're an artist that's been on the road as long as I have, I'm I'm usually in someone else's church singing on Sunday mornings. Sure. So it's pretty beautiful to, to have a church family again and to sit behind the same piano every Sunday and um, and minister to this new family. Um, and I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of it. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what songs will come out of this season um, as boy, the, the church culture is changing rapidly yeah. all over. And um, I'm curious to see what, what voice I will get to have in, in some of those songs. Oh, well, we certainly hope for the best in all that. And, and we definitely Thank hope to you. hear more from you. Please never, ever, ever stop making music just for our own selfish reasons. Um, <laughs> I don't we, have any plans to. Just That's fantastic news. We're so glad to hear that. Um, and thanks for hanging out with us. This has been fun. Yeah, this is. Oh, you guys, I've enjoyed it so much. Y'all are just so fun and so encouraging. I mean, I feel like if I ever have a, a creatively in, um, insecure day, I'm just going to call you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, give us a shout. We'll, we'll build you back so up. Yeah, this is what we're here for. This is what we're here for. I do want to ask yeah. you one thing that we can't ask every guest that we have, just because of the nature of it. But and I'm gonna. I had a. Sure. I had a. I had a, a, a more robust way to put all this, but. But just just as from from uh, one believer to another, isn't Jesus just the best? Mm, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Just, you know, we don't get to talk about it all the time, and we don't get to. If we talk about Jesus, we're being being preachy on our podcast. But while we're talking yeah. about a you know a, a fellow believer and, and talking to a fellow you know a Christian artist, we could just say things yeah. like, "Man, Jesus is incredible," and 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 uh, you know He loves you. Absolutely, and, best. and I think I think what has been um, so fresh in in my relationship with Jesus recently is is 
so much in the world has, has changed. So much is changing. We are just living in these unprecedented times where, you know, 24 hours from now, everything could look so different. Yeah. And I think I am more than ever just really grateful for the unchanging nature of God mm. and for the unchanging love of Jesus and just for how stable that is, how constant that is, how um, dependable that is that we get to love and be loved by him and that di- nothing could change it. Yeah. There's it's because we love stability. Absolutely. He is the stability right. that we love. That's great. That's great. That's Jesus good. loves me. This I know. And there are no exceptions. This I yeah. know. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Right. Well, uh, you guys pick up a copy of Love Story or Slow Down if you want a good book um, to, to do some reading. You. Yeah, there you absolutely. Go. Nicole, seriously, thank you a bazillion yeah, times. Yeah, a million times. So oh, much for joining us on the show. It's right been a back real at pleasure. you. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and um, I just appreciate you guys making time for me. Where can people find you on social media if they want to follow along with what you're doing, what's going on in your world? Sure. I'm on all the socials. I'm at um, NicoleNordeman.com, website, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. It's Nicole Nordeman. That's right. And everybody, if you're listening and you're not familiar with Nicole yet, that's N-I-C-H-O-L-E. Uh, so that's right. Thank you. Throw that Thanks H in there. That. It matters. Um, every H matters. Every H matters. All right. That's um, the remix. That's the yeah. That's the remix. That's right. The, the, the Super yeah. Club House remix. <laughs> like it. Yeah. I like it. Thank, Thank you so much. so much. It's been a real Thank pleasure. Thank you guys. Oh, I appreciate it so much. Do. Talk to you later. Have Take a care of day. yourselves and your families right now. And that's you, scary, but you do the same. In there. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Podcast. There we have it, kids. Oh my goodness. That was Nicole Mortimer. That was a lot Mortimer. of fun. Man, we keep, we look at each other when we get done with these interviews and we just go, that just happened. And we kind of run around the room and air high five because we're not we high fiving this, uh, in this week. I don't right. know when this will yeah. drop if people are back to high fiving and That's hugging right. and shaking hands. But, but we're taping in the middle of March. Coronavirus end, lockdown. End of March. So we're, uh, we're six feet apart from each other across yeah. the table. We typically do this anyway. So that wasn't a change. Yeah. <laughs> but we do normally high five in real time yeah. and like, Hand to hand, it's true, but, but we're air high five today. today. Air high five, we're so. waving and smiling yeah. and doing all that, all that jazz. And hopefully, by the time this is released, the coronavirus is a memory for all of us and nothing more. We're not uh, going to touch on it anymore. Yeah, so. but uh, yeah, so <sighs> we just we have to recover from these interviews, especially somebody who means as much to us as Nicole Norman, because we just go. You know what I mean? We just, I can't, I can't even. It's exciting. Yeah. So it just, is, it's, thank you guys thank out there for listening. That was well said. And get, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. So thanks out there for listening, guys, and giving us an opportunity to get to do this with some of our favorites. Um, and Absolutely. we're going to, tr- we're going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. So the fact that we have a following is wonderful. Absolutely. So you guys are great out there. So make sure you follow Nicole on all her uh, social media handles and uh, go buy her music, support her artistry uh, so that she can continue to make. Uh, the music that we love. And you know what? You can follow us too while you're at it uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Great Song Pod. You can find us in our Facebook group where we do our weekly uh, hint threads and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, at Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly. Shout out to our folks in Ireland too. Hey we, uh, last week was uh, St. Patrick's Day week right. as, as, we we're, as we're recording. Yeah. I know it's in Mother's Day. as we're, But we were number one in Ireland in, on, on St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day week. Wow. So that's pretty exciting. So thank you. Uh, that was nuts. Thank you Irish out there for all supporting our, us. All our friends out there in uh, Europe, UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Trinidad and Tobago. Come on, even they're non non English speaking countries that we make our way. They're into learning English with the Great Song Podcast. That's going to be a mistake. <laughs> yeah, our English isn't the best. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll be back again next week with another incredible song. Uh, until then, 
I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.